Welcome back to the AM show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. That's okay. We can move on, but that's really like so ironic to say this again. Yeah, for the second day in a row. For the second time. The second time in a row. Okay, we'll just gloss over that. We probably should add context, but no, it's fine. We can just get yeah. to it. All right, so. So today we're going to be talking about, so last week, as you guys know, we talked about, we did our playoff predictions, we had our brackets and everything. We had some agreements, we had some disagreements, you know, the usual. And it led us, so some teams have played two games in their series, some teams have played three, going on four in a couple of days. So Andre, the question I wanted to ask you is, what two teams from the West have really surprised you so far? I'm going to start with the Mavericks and Clippers series. And we kind of saw a glimpse of this last year with the Mavericks and Clippers series where the Mavericks were actually threatening to beat the Clippers. We talked about this on the last podcast. I talked about this on the last podcast. I think I mentioned how uh, I think the Mavericks would have won if Porzingis wasn't injured slash ejected. I think the Mavericks would have won that series last year. I think it went to six or something like that. And so far we saw, we we're seeing uh, this year that the Clippers – are kind of outmatched by the Mavericks. The Mavericks, Luka has been the best player in this series so far. Not Kawhi Leonard, not Paul George. It's been Luka Doncic, the 20-however-year-old. He's a young player, and he's been better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And it's surprising. It's disappointing that the Clippers are doing this once again. They're kind of choking once again. Uh, I don't like using that word, but it's just unfortunate that they're not showing up again after last year. They were clowned for the same exact thing, and they're doing this in the first round. It's kind of disappointing that they were supposed to be the king of L.A., the uh, best team, best team in the city of L.A. Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be the best player in the whole entire NBA. That's what people were saying last year. That These were the narratives last year, and now they're not showing up once again. So it's just disappointing to see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the duo that was supposed to be one of the best in the league, now uh, probably be a first-round exit. So, yeah, Andre, I agree with the sense that that we should be – talking about the Clippers failures because they are failing but I do feel but while I do feel like the Clippers have surprised me I feel like the main team that surprised me from that series is actually the Dallas Mavericks I feel like you have to give credit and I have to give credit to the Dallas Mavericks organization as a whole for building a good team around Luka Doncic Chris Haps Porzingis has been playing well even though it isn't Chris Stapps from New York so to speak where he was straight up balling out Chris Stapps has been playing pretty well Luka Doncic has been playing out of his mind. And as I agree, he is the best player in this series. And I don't think that it really ex- that really was anyone really anticipated that going in. And I don't think really anyone anticipated or expected that the Dallas Mavericks would go into Staples Center and not just take one game away, but take two games from the Clippers. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. why I feel that now that they're going back to Dallas – they have now have ho- they have more than just home court advantage. They could ho- potentially take the series if they just win their next two games. If and they... I feel like hypothetically that may not happen, but that's mm-hmm. it's possible. If they and get, I feel like yeah. If I'm just saying, I just want to say that if they get swept, I do not rule out the possibility of Kawhi Leonard potentially leaving LA only two years after he joins. Yeah, and I feel like, but where? But Andre. Andre, where, 
would he go? I, I don't. Feel like this is going to be. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to scare you. Yeah, I don't want to scare you, but don't, don't you say it. Don't the you heat. Say it. No. The heat. I mean, I mean the heat. Who knows? The Lakers. Imagine, imagine if he goes to the Lakers, or if he went to the, no, because the, no, because if he went to the Lakers, like he's in L.A., yes, right, but also like there's gonna be no team around him because he's gonna want big money because he's a star player. You have LeBron on a big contract. You got AD on his super max on his five year two hundred million dollars super max, and you got Kawhi on probably. A big money deal, probably short term, but it's still going to be for a lot of money. So there's not going to be a lot of salary cap space left for your, your rest of your role players. That and is, so you're probably going to have minimum, like minimum salary type players, filling out your starting lineup and your bench, because you're not going to be able to retain anyone else. He'll have more success with the Lakers than with the Clippers, though. I mean, well, it'll, absolutely. It'll absolutely. be. It'll. It's not realistic, of course, because they have LeBron and AD already. But what is realistic, we can go back to this, the Miami Heat, that's realistic. That's also scary, though, for six, us Sixers fans. Me and Miles are both Sixers fans. And, I mean, is it that scary, though? Because Jimmy Butler, but like, Andre, Kawhi Andre, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I will say, right? Mm-hmm. I understand Kawhi would like like my every, like every star is attracted to Miami because, you know, the beaches, the clubs, the scenery. All mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Pat Riley. But if if this is probably very likely, the Heat if the Heat gets swept, Kawhi wouldn't be going into the best scenario, so to speak. But also, you have to remember that Victor Aladipo is Victor. I do you have, we do have to remember that Victor Aladipo is planning on coming back. That should be the plan to retain him after his injury. But then, does that mean that Kawhi Leonard is going to play the four? If you have Victor Aladipo at the two, you got Jimmy Butler at the three, and Kawhi at the four. Victor Aladipo like, might leave work? though. Isn't he? I think he's out for the season, Victor Oladipo. I think he might leave in free agency. I don't know how that contract works, but I don't see Victor Oladipo staying in Miami for a long time. I just, I feel like he, like, tr- he really wanted to go there, and I feel like him leaving after just finally getting there wouldn't really make that much sense. I just want to say like, this. Go ahead. But I just, I just don't know where else he could go. You know, like, yeah, I he just wanted wanna... to be here, and then would leave. I just don't really understand. I feel like if he were to leave, it would be because Miami didn't want him, not that he didn't want Miami. I think the point we're both trying to make is that why go to the Clippers? You had a perfect situation with the Raptors. And, I mean, I'm fine with that. As a Sixers fan, go do your thing. Go to the Western Conference. That's fine. But from a basketball standpoint, why would you leave the Raptors situation? A perfect situation. They loved you there in Toronto. Toronto is not a bad city. I mean, it's not L.A., but it's not a bad city. Um, and they loved you there. They embraced you as a great culture there. They have a great coach in Nick Nurse. Uh, great players with Siakam, Lowry, a great young core, uh, Norman Powell. They now have Gary Trent Jr. Um, they have a great team, great organization. Why would you leave that to go to the Clippers? And it's just... It's just about how life comes full circle because you have a great situation, but you're trying to chase something else. 
you're trying to chase something else um, instead of just staying loyal to who you are and stay loyal to the people who support you. And it's a life lesson here. I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to be a preachy or whatever, but I mean, just if he stayed in Toronto, if he stayed in the situation that was best suited for him instead of going to LA, chasing what he's chasing, um, I just don't get it. I just don't get the move. I get it was his hometown, but he had a perfect situ situation in Toronto. I feel like just the potential of playing home of coming home and playing with that superstar with a really good coach in Doc Rivers and a solid bench unit at the time in Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, that was a good team. I just I think it all it shocked us all that they lost that they they blew a three to one series lead to the Nuggets, and I feel like now with the potential of them losing to the Mavericks and the potential of Kawhi being gone, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if his if he if his desire to stay home outweighs his desire to win a championship. Because if he wants to win a championship, he's probably going to leave. It's pretty clear. Because it's clear, if you're down 2-0 mm -hmm. and you lost both of your home games, I don't think it's probably going to be a place you win a championship. And I agree with you. The Mavericks, they're, they look like they're in a suitable position to win the series. And my question is, my the, my thought process is what's going to happen after they do it. But I also, like you said, want to take time to congratulate, not congratulate, they didn't win yet, but give some praise to Luka, Chris Porzingis, that organization, Jalen Brunson. My guy from Villanova, love him. Uh, that whole unit, again, their team, they are, they're led by Luca, and um, Luca has a high usage rate. Um, he handles the ball a lot, but they're also, they play like a unit. Their bench is one of the best in the league, and you see it. Um, they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with supposedly one of the best teams in the Western Conference roster-wise. So, um, yeah, just like you said, give some props and praise to the Mavericks for being up 2-0 and likely uh, beating the Clippers in the first round. All right, now let's move to the second matchup that I feel like has been that I, we're not going to talk about really surprising because there hasn't been that many surprises that much in the West, so to speak. Because you could argue Grizzlies Jazz, but it's like Donovan Mitchell didn't play Game One and Jazz won Game Two, so it's like so we're going to focus on really the probably one of the best matchups in the Western Conference so far, and that's Suns versus Lakers. So Andre, what are your thoughts on that matchup so far? going into game four so you know you know how big of a lebron fan i am the audience know the viewers know the listeners they all know how big of a lebron fan i am but let me say this they're up to one right now lebron he's playing good ad he's playing great um rest of the lakers are not playing that good but they're doing enough to win of course they're up to one um so if they're playing good they're up to one However, if Chris Paul was healthy, let's be honest, if Chris Paul was healthy, if he was 100% in these last two games, it would be different. It would probably be 2-1 in the Suns' favor, and we would be having a different discussion because now the, um, now the I believe, next game is going to be in the Suns' arena, and they're going to have home court advantage. So, um, not home court advantage, but I think if Chris Paul was healthy 100%, it would be very different. Um, we will be singing a very different song because, in my opinion, the Suns would be up 2-1 to one against the Lakers right now, and they would be in the driver's seat to possibly upset uh, the Lakers. So 
it just goes to show how much of an impact Chris Paul has on the Suns, not just on the court, but off the court, leadership-wise. You you can tell when you have a veteran presence on the floor controlling your offense, that has a huge impact. That has a huge impact. He gets them into their sets. He get, he uh, He's one of the clutchest players in the league, statistics-wise. Um, and, of course, Devin Booker and the duo of him and Devin Booker has been one of the best in the league this season. So it's just unfortunate that we not we've not been able to see him play 100% in the last couple of games, and that shows because in the last couple of games the Lakers won both of them. Yeah, I do feel like if Chris Paul were fully healthy, this series would be a little bit different. But I I'm kind of excited to see how if Chris Paul is able to return to full health, how these teams match up. I want to see even because I want I want to see competition. I want to see the defending champions have a challenge on their way to the finals because you know, as you know, I don't believe that LeBron's the goat. I do feel like he is number 2 at the lowest. I do feel I do completely agree with that. And I don't think you can debate that. But I want to see LeBron face adversity again. Mm-hmm. I feel like because even in Jordan's last run, he had to face, he had to go up against the Utah Jazz where Scotty was out game six. It didn't seem like he could have played game seven too because his back was injured. And Jordan had to will that team to that championship and win that last game. And I want to see, even though LeBron is 36 years old and he's getting older, I do want to see him face that adversity one last time. And I feel like Facing a Suns team at full strength is very is a good way to see where he is at this moment. I I have to disagree on that. And I, I, well, first of all, what I want to say is, Mouse, come on, deep down, we both know who's the true no. goat. We're not going to have a discussion on it. One day, I'm going to convince you, though. One day, you're going to come to the dark side. Let's be honest. No, you are. That you are. Has, the only way that's going to happen is if LeBron beats the Nets. If he beats it. I'm not talking about Anthony Davis dropping 30 and LeBron dropping 10. I mean (laughs) LeBron dropping 30, Anthony Davis dropping like 10 to 20, and he beats the Nets with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. That is the only scenario that he will be my GOAT. Until that time happens, ain't nobody like Mike. But yeah, I feel like, you know what, I feel like we should, so, hold up, viewers, a little bit of context, we wanted to provide a new aspect to the show, something new, so we decided to do a new segment where we just talk about something that's just been a little bit shocking in the world of sports that we weren't really planning about talking, but you know, just to, just to hear our opinions and, you know, get some sort of Mm-hmm. debate Be- and just you know discussion about it before and- you get into that before i hate to interrupt you but before you get into that i just want to say one last thing to close that western conference thing um you said that you need you want to see adversity from lebron correct yes i think i think i mean he's going to see adversity either way he's going to see adversity in this year because i mean he's 36 right he's 36 yeah. 
playing on a bad angle or he's had injuries this year and he's going if he makes it that far he's going to see the nets possibly let's be honest the nets from a pure talent standpoint is one of the best teams in nba history all in their prime james harden Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant that like talent wise that's better than Kevin Durant Steph Curry and Clay let's be honest let's be honest so he's going to see adversity they're all in their prime and if he wins I mean we're going to have a special episode dedicated to just that topic let's we're going to have a special episode dedicated to just that topic and I will be I will be yelling to the top of my lungs because it, it will be a great moment but time will tell time will tell that would be our ranting episode, I think. Yeah, if. but it, it would, it would, it would. I mean, I would probably post like ten times on Instagram. I would, it would, you would have to like shut me up or take my phone because it, <laughs> it would be a great moment. But as you were saying, yes, we did create this segment to kind of voice our opinions and give our perspective on the the uh, some events in sports that we noticed that have caught our attention in the last week or so. So what is yours, Mouse? So, Andre, I'm going to be talking about one of the best receivers in the NFL. A lot of people have been talking about it. And that is Julio Jones, who, you know, on when – well, he didn't go on. Shannon Sharp called him, and he didn't – I don't think he realized that he was actually on live television – but when he asked if he was going to stay in Atlanta, he said, man, I'm out of there. And so it's been like people have we've been keeping track. People have been keeping track of the Julio, where's Julio going. And there was a report, there was a report going around that he's probably going to be traded next week. And I would I'd love to have him in Philadelphia. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I'm as long as I don't go to the Cowboys, I'm happy. That is my opinion. You know what confuses me on the whole topic is, well, one, you, it, it makes you interesting is whether or not he knew it was live. That's been the discussion. Julio Jones has yet to come out regarding that, or Shannon Sharp has yet to come out regarding that. But they seem close. So I would hope that they knew that he knew that it was live. But one thing I want to say is, and this is often with, this is common with most NFL uh, trade requests, whatever it may be. Why do players think? Why do other NFL players think that the player gets to choose where they go because I see I see many players recruiting Julio Jones as if he has the decision to where he goes. Exactly. I don't understand that. I feel like because I haven't seen a player the closest thing that I've seen a player to having a no trade clause in the NFL is with Antonio Brown where he just said I'm not going to Buffalo. And then, like the trade fell through when he got when he was about to be traded to Buffalo, and they ended up ended up going to Oakland. But with the NBA, I feel like the reason why when people are like, "Oh yeah, come to this place," and where it's like, "Oh yeah," like NBA players get to decide more is because of that no trade clause, because a lot of those players have that clause in their contract. So it's like, "Oh yeah, we're trading you to Memphis," and and then like a player will be like, "I don't want to go to Memphis," and he says, "I I refuse to waive my no trade clause," and mm-hmm. as a result they can't be traded to that place. And so, but meanwhile with the NFL, they can't do that. So the player really doesn't have that much control over where they can go. Julio may say, I want to go to a place and win, but he doesn't really have that much power. So if he gets traded to a place that he doesn't necessarily want to go to, he can either hold out or demand a release because 
either way, or he can play. Like those are the only three options in for for that for Julio, I guess in that case, if he goes to a place that he doesn't really want to go to, and they just ship him off for the best package that's available. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I will say that the NBA will never be the same as the NFL in regards to player empowerment. Not empowerment. I don't want to say that, but like player power. I want to say where they get to yeah. choose where they go. Um, they get to, you know, be the superstar of their team, basically. But in the NFL, it's more so. It's a lot of. It's a lot more players than in, in the NBA. So it's less like celebrity players. Like there's not a LeBron James. The closest thing to LeBron James in in, in the NFL is probably Tom Brady or Mahomes. But other than that, you don't see many celebrity superstar players who can just choose opt out, choose wherever they want. But last thing I will say on that is it is getting better in the NFL to where players are voicing out more. They're voicing their displeasure more. They're opting out of training camp OTAs. They're refusing to sign contracts. So it is getting better in the NFL. So, Andre, what's yours? So, mine, I hate. So, this this is regarding the Sixers. Um, mine, I I hate to kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to just, I don't want to, you know, for the stereotype that our fans have in Philadelphia. Oh, you're going there. I am oh, going there. I don't want to forward the stereotype because a lot of times I do get mad when people call Philly fans this word or this word or this word because, let's be honest, it's not true of all Philly fans. It's not true of any demographic because, of course, one person doesn't mean for everyone. But, um, yeah, so there was an incident last game where uh, Russell Westbrook, of course, got injured, got nicked up. He was going to the locker room, and as he was heading into the locker room in the tunnel, a player poured popcorn on his head and we know i love russell westbrook right and i'm a sixers fan and the sixers fan did that but there's a line that needs to be um held where you can't touch players you can't do that to a player you can't pour popcorn on a player's head no matter how much you hate him you're there to watch the player whether it's your favorite team or the other team or the opposing team, you're here to watch these players. These players are here for your entertainment. So it's kind of, um, it's just ungrateful to do that, do something like that is uh, distasteful to do something like that. And I, and I saw that he was banned for life. So yeah, let's just, let's make it a point to not do that. Of course, that is not a good thing. I, I kind of wished I was looking at it. I kind of wished that that fan was closer because I wanted to see what would happen if Westbrook was actually next to that person. That person would not have poured popcorn on Westbrook if he was a foot away from him. But, of course, uh, because he was up in the stands, um, he had the guts to do that. But he would not have, he would not have had the guts to do that if he was closer. But, yeah, I, we don't want to see that at all. Yeah, I feel like it's really important to just, as you said, not generalize Philly fans based off of the bad apples. And, yeah, there are some really bad apples. And, yeah, we're really passionate. But judging us all based off of that one fan that does that every once in a while isn't that's not progress and that's just not right. And I feel like, yes, we're crazy. Yeah, no one likes us, but come on, we're better than this. And we're not we're not that one person, that one fan that got that got banned for life doesn't represent all Philadelphia fans that support the Sixers or support the Eagles, support the Flyers or the Phillies or the Union. Or the soul, even though they don't exist anymore. But, like, you, you get my point. The point is, it's just, like, I, I just really hate it when stuff like this happens because 
then people start to generalize and assume that all fans are like that. So it's like with Boston, I feel like, yes, there are racist fans in Boston. Like, you can't deny that. But saying all of them are racist, you can't say that. Or the same thing goes for Utah. Same thing. Russell Westbrook had to do with a racist fan. Doesn't mean that they're all racist. There are some of them that are racist, but not all of them. And we can't generalize them based off of the, the baddest of the apples. I hate Utah fans. I hate Boston fans. But you're right. And that's true. I mean, it's a life lesson. That's true of any demographic. Um, there, you can't generalize off of one bad apple, as you said. But you said, I just wanted to say this. You said with Philly fans that were better than that. Let's be honest, Philly fans were toxic. Let's be honest. Uh, there's many incidents that point to that, whether it's Eagles fans, Sixers fans. I mean, I'd recall just last year that incident with Isaiah Thomas and the Frosty incident. Um, then you have Eagles fans throwing stuff on fields. But, like you said, we're all not bad. And we're all, we all wouldn't pour popcorn on someone's head. Yes, people probably will shout and curse at players or do this to a player or uh, middle fingers, whatever it may be, other... Uh, other bad stuff, but yeah, that's that's a Philly fan trait. I mean, it's not for me or for you, not for everyone, but that is a Philly fan trait to be toxic. Very toxic. And so, Andre, I feel like that was a good segment. I really like that. Great segment. Definitely going to do that every week. Yes. So now that we have now the transition from that segment, let's talk about since we talked about the West. Let's talk about two teams from the East that have shocked you so far. Okay, so I mean, then it's actually it's actually kind of hard because the 76ers and Wizards haven't really shocked me. The Clippers and the Nets hasn't really shocked. I mean, what I want to say is the Heat and Bucks shocked me. Shocked me. I think it shocked you too because who would have known Jimmy Butler, a Jimmy Butler-led Heat team, uh, who said they were going to be prepared for the playoffs? Jimmy Butler, who's waking up at 1 a.m. every morning, would be down 3-0 to the Bucks. The Bucks, I admit, they're the better team. We all know that they are the better team. But the Heat, they're supposed to be this team. There's this team whose culture is built on toughness, who doesn't back down from a fight, who gives it their all every single time they step on the floor. They have not been doing that. Yeah. Expect them? I did not expect them to be down 3-0, though. Did you expect them to be down 3-0? I did not expect them to be down 3-0. I, I did not. I mean, I, I feel like we do have to. As since I since I gave props to the to the Bucks, to, but 3-0 though, I give props. Give props to the to the Mavericks for being up 2-0. I gotta give props to the Bucks for being up 3-0. Even though this the the Heat have been playing horribly, I do feel like we also have to give credit for the Bucks and Mike Boonholzer for. Coaching a very good series so far. Coaching very well this series. Giannis playing really well this series. Drew Holiday playing well this series. Chris Milton being that solid second option that complements Giannis and Sadikupo. The bench playing really well. I just feel like that Bucks team is going to be really well. I think we're going to get a really good series against the Brooklyn Nets. I think Brooklyn's still going to win, but it's going to be a good series. Oh, yeah. Drew Holiday. I mean, he's a big upgrade over Brogdon and Bledsoe. Huge upgrade, huge upgrade. He's been one of their best players. But um, with the Heat, I want to go back to this. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but a lot of Heat fans have told me that Tyler Hero was going to be the next Jordan, or that Tyler Hero, you wouldn't trade James Harden for Tyler Hero. This was actual oh, Heat they fans. they messed up there. They, they was, messed they, these... I was not on the Tyler Hero bandwagon. And mm-hmm. when they kept saying, I'm not, we're not incorporating 
Tyler Hero in trade packages, I was like, that's one going to be one of the biggest mistakes you ever made. And like, it is. What? Yeah. What? Like, Tyler Hero may be good. He's a great shooter, but he's no James Harden. And it's very likely he never will be that a James Harden in our league. Okay, I just want to bring this up real quick and then we go back to the Heat and Bucks. Okay, so since I just brought that up, would you have traded Ben Simmons? Would you have put Ben Simmons in a package for James Harden? Yes. So every, everything you know now. Yes, do I you, would. Do you think I we'd want to won a championship doing that? Yes, I do. I do because you're not just subtracting. You're not just take. You're not just taking away Ben Simmons and incorporating James Harden. You're taking away James Harden from that Brooklyn Nets team. That's so you're true. making you're making the Brooklyn Nets weaker, and the Sixers are in some ways getting stronger. That's the debate, though. Are the Sixers getting stronger? I, offensively, they're getting stronger. Defensively, they're getting weaker. That's what I'll say. Mm. Oh, okay. We could we, we can have that discussion at a later time. But yeah, I just wanted to ask that um, because but, that that new lineup is now that new lineup is now you have potentially Harden at the one. Curry at the two, Danny Green at the three, Tobias at the four, and Joel at the five. That's a solid lineup. And I think Matisse was still going to be on the team with that trade because it was probably going to be Simmons and Maxi and Picks. So I think Matisse is still on the team, so you have defense off the bench. You still got Furkan Korkmaz, Isaiah Joe still on the team, Dwight Howard still on the team. You know, George Hill would eventually still be on the team because shot creating point guard i do feel like that would probably lead us to change our philosophy for what we needed in the playoffs. shake Milton probably would still be on the team mm-hmm. i do feel like if we were to get james harden we'd probably daryl Moore might have gone to the look to the buyout market to secure more defense instead of shooting because that ben simmons is would be no longer on the team now ben simmons has played really well this series against the wizards so I do feel like I do feel like either way now, it's good. But I feel like the reason why I would do it is because the Nets, you're preventing the Nets from building an absolute super team. Either way, the Sixers would be a different team. It will be a very different team um, on offense and defense. Because then you have the Harden and Embiid pick and roll. Oh my God, I'm not even going to think about that. Harden yeah. and Embiid in a pick and roll uh, or pick and pop. Oh my God. But um, let's go back to the Heat. Jimmy Butler. Miles, you love Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. We both love Jimmy both Butler. Let's say Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler support podcast. Jimmy Butler fan club in here, but yes. we're not stands though. We're not stands. And as fans, we have to be honest. Right? Mm-hmm. We do have to be honest. Jimmy Butler is averaging fifteen points per game in the playoffs so far. This is after and I'm not I just I'm just gonna say this this is after jimmy butler saying that they were going to be prepared for the playoffs and that jimmy butler was going to um a lot of fans are saying jimmy butler was going to be the best player in the series and jimmy butler's going to be the reason they uh, make it to the finals whatever it may be jimmy butler is averaging 15 points per game and he's supposed to be their best player and goran Dragic is averaging more points than him that's fine he has a negative 22 plus minus and i'm not that big of a plus minus guy but negative 22 that means that when you're on the court the t- other team was outscoring you by 22 points. That's bad. 
Very yeah, bad. I, I, I tend to look at plus minus, and trust me, that is not that is not good. Very bad, very good. bad. But let, let me let me give you the other stats. Let me continue down this road with the stats. So he's averaging 15 points, but he is averaging six assists. Okay, six assists, uh, six rebounds. Okay, okay. Let's go to the uh, let's go to percentages, right? We're good with percentages. Uh, percentages are a big part of basketball, and the free throw percentage is very important. He's averaging a 66% free throw percentage. That is, that's Ben Simmons range. Not good at all. 30% from three point. That is below average, a lot below average. The average is about 33, 34%. He's averaging 30. Um, field goal percentage, the average is about 45. I'm just giving numbers, but it's around, it's in the uh, um, mid to upper 40s um, in the league. And he's averaging 30.6% from the field. Not from three, from the field. That is bad. Very bad. Very bad. And guess what? Guess what? Tyler Hero is averaging 28% from the field. And Trevor Reeser is adding is um 20% from the field. But Jimmy Butler is the third, has a third worst field goal percentage on his team during the series so far. Jimmy Butler, the player who's supposed to be the best player on his team, right? That is bad. That is bad. And that is Jimmy Brothers playing 40 minutes per game, and he's being this inefficient while playing 40 minutes per game. So, of course, we're both Jimmy Brothers fans, but his play has been inexcusable so far, and I hope he picks it up. But so far, he is the reason, let's be honest, he is the reason why the Miami Heat are down 3-0. Ooh. All right. Andre, I completely agree. Those stats... There, I could not make an argument against the fact that Jimmy Butler has had a horrendous, horrendous playoff series so far. And I feel like if your star player is not playing well, then you have to have your other players step it up, right? And I feel like this really just shows that the other players can't really step it up. They can't pick up. If Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. does not play well, they can't pick it up, especially against quality opponents like the Bucks. So I do feel like Jimmy Butler does deserve a majority of the blame. So for... yeah, you said you said other players. Let's look at the other players on the Heat. Bam especially Adam... Tyler Hero, Mister. Uh, keep him for James Harden, Mister. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting him in any trade package, even if it was for LeBron James. These are what some Heat fans that listen to this podcast have been telling me. So. Just, just keep that in mind. But um, I'll go over Tyler Hero later. Um, but yeah, I'm sh- these, these, those Heat fans are really probably not having a good day right now. <laughs> Let's talk about Bam Adebayo though. Bam Adebayo, who a lot of Heat fans and a lot of other shows like First Take, uh, I believe it was like Kendrick Perkins, they said that Bam Adebayo was better than Joel Embiid. That's what they said, Mouse. That's Kendrick Perkins, Andre. I know, but that that's that's national TV. That was said on national TV Bill. in front of tens Bill, of thousands Andre. of fans. Andre. Andre. It's Kendrick Perkins. It is Kendrick right? Perkins. It is Kendrick Perkins. That's that's true. But this guy who supposedly to some people, not to not to the knowledgeable fans, but to some people, better than Joel Embiid, right? One of the best centers in the league, right? He is averaging fourteen per game. That's lower than Jimmy Butler. He's averaging. He has a negative eight plus minus, and that's not terrible because every single person on the Miami he have a negative plus minus because they're losing the series 3-0. But um, yeah, he has a negative eight 
plus minus, so that's bad. But look at let's look at the percentages. Okay? He's averaging forty okay. percent from the field. For a center, that's terrible. Forty percent you're supposed to be in the mid fifties as a center. Um, because of course all your points come through the paint. Of course he doesn't have a three point percentage because he doesn't shoot threes. He's averaging seventy six percent from the free throw line. Not good. And centers, right? No, centers, they're supposed to be great on defense, right? They're supposed to be the guys who grab a rebounds and hustle. Guess guess how many rebounds Bam Adebayo is averaging? 7.7. He's supposed to be in the... If he's one of the best centers in this league, if he's one of the best players in this series, he's supposed to be in the 10 to 15 range. A lot of, Now, a lot of people, they got on Joel Embiid. They were like, Joel Embiid, you're supposed to be averaging 30, 10, and 10. You're supposed to be, not 30, 10, 10, but you're supposed to be averaging 30, 15, and 5. 15 rebounds, 5 assists, 30 points, right? Now, Bam Adebayo, he's 14, 14, 7, and 4. That's like, that's bench numbers. That is bench numbers right there. With And plus a bad efficiency, plus a bad plus minus, terrible, terrible. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, first off, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Remember, this This is the same guy that predicted that the Wizards were going to beat the Sixers game, too. Like, come on. Come on. Pam Adebayo has not had that good of a series either. You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like your stats, the stats show it. What we have seen has shown it. And I just really feel like the Heat are just going through it. And I really, they, I think they just need to bank on... They need to bank on the Clippers losing or getting swept and hope that Kawhi does, in fact, come to Miami. One second, one second. Does does Trevor Ariza, does Trevor Ariza start for the Miami Heat? No, right? I don't think so. I'll, yeah, I don't believe so either. I don't believe so either. But an interesting fact is Trevor Ariza, who I think is coming off the bench, is out-rebounding Bam Adebayo. So Trevor Ariza is actually, he starts. He starts. He's starting. He's their starting power forward. He started game three. But still, he's 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 out-rebounding Bam Adebayo. That's, but let's get off of him because we know J- Bam Adebayo needs to be better. Jimmy Butler needs to be better. But let's talk about Tyler Hero, who's supposed to be one of the best players in this league, supposedly, according to Heat fans. He's shooting 28% from the field, right, Miles? If you and I go into a basketball game, okay, maybe we can't do this at the NBA level, but let's say we... Let's say we play high school basketball or college basketball. We could probably okay. average more than 28%. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I do that, but <laughs> <laughs> he's averaging 28% from the field on seven points per game. My goodness, that's horrendous. That is, that's Kwame Brown numbers. <laughs> but let's get over it. Let's not Kwame. talk about that. Let's not talk right, about that. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't want, we don't want Kwame Brown calling us out. Yeah, let's not do that. But yeah, I I gave you. He's my, been calling everybody out lately. He has don't been. Want he has to been. Call us out. Yeah. We don't want any trouble, Kwame Brown. Yeah, we don't want to so Kwame Brown. We don't want any trouble. Don't you know? any trouble. Any don't, trouble. Don't call us out. But um, yeah, that's that is the stat for the day with the Miami Heat. Um, but let me get um, let me end this off with giving props to Giannis. We've um, he's had his shorts in the playoffs or he has his um disappointments in the playoffs over the last couple of years but he's been showing up this series he's been the best player in the series like he's supposed to he's been um he's averaging 25 10 and 5 that was, those are great numbers he's efficient 45 percent from the field 
Uh, I'm, <laughs> I just saw this 8% from three, but he doesn't really shoot. <laughs> 8% from three? I didn't not even see that. Wow. Mike. Never mind. That is bad. He's at, okay. He's shooting. How much is he shooting, though? Wait. He's shooting four threes per game and only averaging eight. But other than that, other than that, Giannis has been good. So let me get props yes. to him. Other than that, Giannis has been good. So those are that's my opinion on the series. I know we kind of went over it for a long time, but we, that needed a lot of time. That needed a lot of time because it's been disappointing. The Heat disappointing. So yeah, let's quickly talk about one other team that that surprises from the East before we wrap up today's episode. So Andre, what? Out of the last three matchups, which team of the six or which matchup of the three has surprised you the most? Let's, I mean, I can't really think of one. Do you Do you have anything on mine? But I don't know if you have anything on my, on your mind because the Nets haven't been really surprised. The Knicks and Hawks, it's been a good series, but it hasn't really been surprising. So let's talk about our Sixers. We shall. And I feel like, I do feel like, so... You know, since we were talking about Kendrick Perkins, I think we'll just talk about Kendrick Perkins more. <laughs> that this is a Kendrick he, Perkins hate. Some club. people expected the Sixers to be more troubled by the Washington Wizards. It was a little bit closer in Game One than it was Game Two, but I feel like one of the things that people need to recognize is that Joel Embiid barely played in the first half because he had two fouls that were not really fouls, but we're not going to talk about that. And oh, we are going to talk about that. We should we all we will talk about that. And and game two they Joel and me played the whole game and they completely demolished them in every facet of the game of basketball. And I feel like you know, I feel like the Sixers are playing really well and I'm excited to see how we do tomorrow, potentially with the opportunity to go up three oh. And if we do in fact make it to the second round, which is very, very likely how we do from then on. But I like what I've seen from the Sixers team. I like what I see too. And of course, Bradley Bill has been giving us the work. Let's be honest. He's been giving us the he's been giving us the work. But luckily Russell Westbrook <laughs> has been being Russell Westbrook. Um so that he hasn't really Bradley Bill's thirty points per game, it hasn't really meant that much because um that doesn't really translate to a lot when you have Russell Westbrook shooting thirty three percent from the field, um, in the series. But I'm proud of the Sixers. I'm proud that we're up 2-0 right now. I'm proud that Ben Simmons is doing what he's doing, rebounding, playing defense. He's playing great defense on Bradley Bill. Don't let the stats fool you. Bradley Bill, he's he's giving us work. But when guarded by Ben Simmons, he's he's not doing that well. So props to Ben Simmons for that. Props to the Sixers playing as a unit. Props to um, Joel Embiid, of course. Props to Tobias Harris. Let's talk about that. Um, there was a famous tweet years ago i don't know if you know this there was a famous tweet years ago by um a celebrity that said tobias harris was the next lebron james and i would have to agree with that because right now he's let's be honest lebron james when you look at the lebron james and tobias harris tobias harris is playing like lebron james james s tobias harris is playing like 2018 lebron james um lebronto against the raptors that's what tobias harris is playing like against these wizards and it's just it's just nice to see it's just nice to see Absolutely. And I feel like I also feel like Ben Simmons has been playing really well. I got to give him credit. I love the aggression that he has shown during this series. And I hope, I hope if the Sixers are to somehow, some way beat the Brooklyn Nets, 
in the Eastern Conference Finals. This man's needs to be very, very aggressive. It's the only way. We have to be near perfect to beat them four times in a series. And I feel like if Ben is aggressive, then we might have a fighting chance. Okay, Miles. I, I have the stats pulled up. You want you want to know anything like specific about a player? I have it all. I have it all up. He has all I, the stats. I have all the stats. But what I want, what I do want to say, real quick, I don't really want to criticize the Sixers too much. But we need Tyreek Maxey to play more minutes, especially over Cork Miles. Tyreek Maxey should be getting more play time over Cork Miles, um, and also Shake Milton. Let's be honest, I love Shake Milton, but Tyreek Maxey deserves those minutes. Yeah, I just don't really feel like Shake Milton has been playing that well this series. And I feel like giving the rookie Tyrese Maxey some more time to develop in the playoffs. He's played pretty well so far. I feel like there's not really there's not going to be that much hurt for him playing. I don't think he's going to make some massive mistakes that would cost the Sixers the game because he's not going to be playing that those super crucial minutes. But just having that having that player who is reliable but and can um, play in place of your starters when they need a little bit of rest. I feel like Tyrese Maxey would definitely be a good player because he's been playing pretty well in the minutes that mm-hmm. he's had the opportunity to play in the playoffs so far. Um, do you want to know what I just found out? What did you find out, Andre? I found out, of course, I've been going through the stats this episode. I've been calling out players, and I love Russell Westbrook, right? Russell Westbrook has not made a three yet yeah, in this series. Yeah, he has not. I have not seen him make a three. And he shot 2.5 per game. So if there's if there was two games, he shot 2.5 per game. Um, I'm not even going to try to do the math right now because 2.5 times 2, um, whatever. I think it's – oh, five. that's 5. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was complicating that. But that's he took five threes. It seems like he's taken more than that, but he's not made a three yet. He's also shooting 33% from the field, 66% from the free throw line, averaging only 13 points per game, has a negative 12 plus minus. It's crazy out here. Russell Westbrook, um, we were all calling you a top five point guard. Um in the regular season, we were all, uh, you know, praising you for the triple doubles, triple double king. We were praising you, calling you a top five point guard. Some even said that you were the one of the best point guards in NBA history. Um, I think that was Magic Johnson or whatever. But come on, you have to come through. And I'm a Sixers fan, so honestly, you being this terrible, I, I don't mind. But as a fan of you, Russell Westbrook, come on, you have to play yeah. better than this. I don't really feel like Russell Westbrook is giving Bradley Beal that much help. At I feel all. like Bradley Beal is single-handedly trying to carry this Wizards team to against the Sixers team. And I feel like Bradley Beal is great, but he cannot score 100 points a game. He can't. He, he could potentially score 50, but at this rate, that's probably what he's going to have to do to beat the Sixers once in a best-of-seven series. Just win a game. At this rate, we're, we're, because it doesn't really seem like his teammates, like his teammates, are all right. They have their moments, but they haven't been playing really well this series, except for Ish Smith, of course, the Sixer legend, Sixer legend himself. He's been playing all right. We got to give credit to Ish Smith, but outside of Ish Smith and Bradley Beal, it has like no one has really stepped up. And I feel like in order for the Wizards to have a fighting chance, Russell Westbrook needs to step it up. D- Davis Bertans needs to step it up. Denny Avdia has he even been playing? I think he might not be much, injured. not much. I, yeah, I think he is injured because I have not seen him yet this series. I, I have be not seen Denny Avdia this entire series, and I think he is injured. He is. Bertans also. Uh, you wanted him a free agency, Miles. You wanted him a free agency this hey, season. Hey, I mean, hey. I'm just 
Luckily, you're not the GM. Avdia let's be has honest. Not played. Avdia has not played this entire series. Okay. That is their ninth pick in the draft. Uh, Roy Hachimura, Roy Hachimura needs to step it up as well. But it's not mm-hmm. like all right, hold up. Hachimura. He had 11. Bila 33. Leonard 6. Westbrook 10. Yeah. All these players need to step it up. All these players need to step it up. Yeah. Except for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, you're all right. You're all right, Bradley Beal. You gotta respect. If you, if you, if you ever, if you ever needed, if you ever, not a big fan of Washington, there's, there's always gonna be a home for you in Philadelphia. You know? <laughs> no, Bradley Beal. Does he want to be in Philadelphia? Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> probably not. Probably he just not. makes fun of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, so I'm probably so he sh- hopefully he takes this gentleman sweep or sweep, sweep. very he, he's very gonna, humbly. He's 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 gonna he's gonna get handed this nice sweep. But um, what I'm surprised is he's 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 doing all these trolling against Joel Embiid and all these uh, celebrations while being down 20. And I'm just gonna say, you were very confident, Bradley Bill, because I would not be doing that if I was down 20. But um, I mean, so whatever suits him. Um, but we do have the Knicks and Hawks tonight at seven. We do have the Nets and Celtics tonight at eight thirty, and the Clippers and Mavericks tonight at nine thirty. So we are eating as NBA fans tonight. But yeah, that's all for me today, Miles. Um, if you want to do the outro, yeah, I'm super excited for these games. But that's all we have today for the A and M show. Thank you again for listening. From Andre, I'm Miles. We'll see you next time.